Anybody feel good? You feel as good as Jane Brown used to feel? I feel good. I knew that I would. <laughs> We're so glad you're here on this day. We're going to have a good, a good service in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And um, I wanted to tell you that I'm talking to you for just a few moments and uh, on a subject entitled Disarming and Dealing with Your Doubts. Has anybody in this room ever had doubts? We all have doubts, no matter what sphere you come from, what lineage you come from, what ethnic background you come from. We all have had moments of doubts where we were wondering what in the world is going to happen in this world or what's going to happen with my life. We talk about the future and um, I believe with all my heart that God the Holy Spirit is going to take care of everything that concerns us. Amen? Thank you. And uh, we appreciate that. So would you stretch your hands this way, please, toward me and look this way for a moment and say, Dear Father, anoint our pastor that he may speak the words that bring light, that bring encouragement, and that cause me to learn more how to be a good disciple, how to be a good Christian, how to be a good person in this days that we're living in. I give you all the praise, Lord, all the honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So this subject could be even a little touchy because uh, it dealt with me and my areas of doubt. I don't know, people, you think that because a person is a pastor and went to Bible college and got a degree that they should never have doubts, you know? I mean, you, you know what an expert is, don't you? An expert is an ordinary person from out of town. I don't know whether you knew that. And, uh, you know, you can have an MD, a PhD, or a double LGG. That's a long-legged donkey driver, you know. You can have a degree, but you can still have doubts. And doubts are things that attack every sphere of life, every person. Doctors are attacked by it. I talked to our doctor just the other day and checking on his wife because she was not well and and uh, and he said, oh, yeah, we're, we're doing good. And, you know, Wally, uh, that's his wife, they've been our friends for years. Their son and our son went to school together. And his son is a radiologist and our son is an officer in the Marine Corps. And he said, yeah, she's getting better. She's getting stronger. And um, but, you know, even when they were going through what they were going medically, he even called me. My doctor called me about his doctor problem. You know, God knows who to select to help you with your problems, amen, and to give you direction. So let's talk about doubt for just a little bit. A doubting person was a, in the Bible was a man by the name of Thomas. Thomas, the word Thomas means twin, which means two of you or two minds. Could you imagine uh, being a twin of a double-minded person? James said a double-minded person is what? unstable in all his way. So the, so the word uh, Thomas means twin, 
which means two people, or that two minds, which is a good definition for twin. Or how about this, someone who, who is, who, who's a skeptic, or, or someone uh, who, who's inclined to question everything and takes nothing for granted. But my friend, we can have faith and still see miracles, amen? We can have faith and still see miracles and still have doubts and have questions. Did you know that? Now for just a moment, let me take you and let's enter into the room of doubt and see what you will find in there. You will find a doubting world. You will find a doubting environment. You will find, uh, you will learn, you and I can learn timeless secrets of a world that's full of plenty of doubt in the gospel of John uh, chapter 20 and verse number 26 and 27. We read one of the first scriptures that tells us something that it says in the 26th verse that, that after the eighth day, his disciples were again inside. And the Bible said that Thomas was with them. And Jesus came through the doors that were being shut. And he stood in the midst of them and said, peace to you. Peace to you. Why? We're going to find out a little way down the road here. Peace to you. Look at verse 27. What he said, after he said, peace to you. And the 27 verse says, then said, then he turned to Thomas and he said, Thomas, reach thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither my hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless. But how'd you like God to talk to you like that? Don't be faithless. In other words, quit being a powder. Amen. Some people's are powders and doubters. He said, be not faithless, but he said, be believing. Now, I'm going to give you a few things that will, I hope, help you. Here's what doubt can do. Number one, doubt develops in the middle of isolation. That's why it is good for you that are watching us and you that are here that you go to the house of God where your mind can be filled with the word of God. Amen. Faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. So doubt develops in the middle of isolation. And that 27th verse that we just read, we'll read it again. Thomas had to reach into with his hand and, and reach through his hand and thrust it into the side to understand what was going on. Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Stop doubting. Why did Jesus say that to Thomas? Because doubt flourishes in the dark and grows when it is in the wrong environment. How many know that a wrong environment can, can produce wrong behavior? You know, whenever the devil wants to destroy you, you know what he'll do? He'll put an ignorant person in your life. I mean, don't look at the person sitting next to you right now, but I mean, he'll put an ignorant person in your life when he wants to destroy you. Ignorant co-workers that do not know what the word of God says. So doubt has a tendency to develop in the middle of isolation. So we cannot isolate ourselves. Matter of fact, I learned that isolation is the first step to devastation. 
The more time you spend alone, groping and belly aching and complaining about the things that go wrong in your life, the more darker it's going to get. And that's why the Bible tells us in, in John 20, 25, that we are to stay connected to those who know how to walk in faith. Amen? The other disciples, therefore, said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print, this is Thomas talking, the prints of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not. So God is trying to tell us that it is time for us to believe and stay connected to those who walk in faith. Remember, it was Thomas that made that statement. How many really, I mean, you know, if I was Thomas, I'd change my name. <laughs> because they, they're preaching about him. You know, you know, you change your name when you become a certain, if you don't like the way, how, what your parents named you. I remember a man that he didn't like what his parents named him and his, and he, he, well, he couldn't wait till he was 18. He was embarrassed when he go to school, embarrassed when he applied for a job. And when he turned 18, he said, I'm going to change my name. He could do it at 18. So he went in to change his name and the, told the person, I want my name changed. I'm 18 years old. Here's my driver's license. Here's my ID. What's your name? Bill Stinks. The person said, man, I don't blame you. I changed my name too. What do you want to change this? John Stinks. To stay connected to those who know how to walk with faith, remember that we have to connect with the right environment and be with the right people. Number one, doubt develops in the middle of isolation. Say, I refuse to be alone. Well, who am I going to hook up with if nobody likes me? Jesus loves you. And not only likes you, he loves you. Number two, doubt demands evidence. Say with me, evidence. Doubt will never turn away from the facts. In the story of Simon Peter, we look at what happened with Simon Peter, and, Simon, and many of us will look at Simon Peter, how when Jesus came on the water and there was in the ship, and Jesus told Peter, bid him to come to him, and we chastised Peter for failing to walk on the water. And we have a tendency to correct people that don't have the same faith level that we have. Amen? Everybody walks in a different level. My faith level is basically different than Gail's faith level. Amen? Everybody has different faith levels. You know? I, I, I have to tell you that it is difficult for when things, the storm is raging, raging and things are happening. I remember one time we were in Hooks, Texas by Texarkana. On I-30, we left that church uh, in, a, in a revival. Many, I had a 31-foot Airstream trailer that I was pulling with our Suburban. And we were, closed the meeting in Hooks, Texas, was on our way to Dallas to speak at Christ for the Nation Chapel that morning, which is really only from there, might have been maybe an hour and a half or two hours to the Dallas area from there. But we were going through a storm. And Gail, just to be honest with you, I love her, and she knows that I'm teasing her. She's a security cat. 
And it was storming and it was raining and it was the rain was coming out. She said, Oh no, we can't go. We can't go. You got to pull over. I said, No, I said, it's okay. We'll drive out of this. She said, No, we're not gonna drive out of it. I said, Yeah, we'll drive out of it. Let's just keep going. I'm pulling this 31 foot airstream trailer. And was was Mark with us? I don't know whether it was Mark. No, we had he had to be with us because we bought the trailer so we could keep him quiet. You know, I mean and I'm only kidding. So that was the reason. But anyway, but Anyway, as we're going down the road, I said, we'll drive out of this. But she kept insisting. We're, the, the, the trailer was kind of swaying a little bit, the 31-foot Airstream trailer. And all of a sudden, I said, let me pray. And the Lord gave me a word with that storming of that trailer. The Lord said to me, Lewis, never let a storm change your destination. So God began to deal with my doubts. And then you know what happened? I hate to say this, that I was right. We drove out of the storm. I was listening to the Lord, not because I'm smarter than Gail. We all know that. Any man that says he's boss over his wife, he'll lie about other stuff. Amen? And we correct Thomas for being a skeptical but Jesus, listen to me very closely, Jesus met Thomas on the road of doubt and removed him from the road of doubt and put him on the road of faith. And if you're doubting today, my friend, and you're watching, if you're doubting, my friend, you're in the live auditorium, God will snatch you. He will extrapolate you out of the road of doubt and put you on the road of faith. Somebody say amen. Number three. Doubt draws us back to Christ many times. When you're doubting, doubt can be used to draw you back to Christ. John chapter 20 and verse 26. Let's just read that again. And we'll read where it says in the 26th verse of the 20th chapter of John. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. And Jesus came to the door, being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be to you. Amen? Say, Peace be to you. I'll tell you a story just came to my mind right now. It's amazing how when you get strong and your blood cells come back functioning, your red blood cells go normal, and your hemoglobin level goes back up where it's supposed to go. You may not know what I'm talking about, but I had to have three... Um, pints of in, a blood infusion back in the summer because I have lost some blood. Anyway, but there was a guy named Sergio in Lafayette, Louisiana. You ever been to Lafayette, Louisiana? Those Cajun people that talk of funny. And this guy was a Spanish guy and he was in the revival and he came on Sunday morning and he heard, he heard my message on faith and then he said to me, he said, Pastor, I want to have that kind of faith to lay hands on people. And the Lord's anointed me. And, and he was working at a supermarket where he was uh, stamping uh, food articles with the price. And he said, I was there. He said, I was, that's where I work at. And he came Sunday night to tell me that after he was there that afternoon, he said, I saw a man walk in with a little girl, had, a, had the little girl on 
his arm, and it was summer, and the little shoulders were showing that she had a lot of blisters. She had got burned or something. He said, and I heard, I remember what you said in your message, and I was moved with compassion. What you said, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Listen very closely. And I just reached over, and I said, I've got to go practice what the pastor was saying, what the evangelist was saying. I went over there, and I didn't even ask the man. Laid hands on that little girl and said, in Jesus' name, I command all of these boils and this uh, irritation in her back to go. And then I took my hands off, and something happened. I realized, what did I do? I didn't even ask this man what was going on. And he was scared. And the man kind of looked at him real strange. And then he left, got his groceries and left the man. And the next day he was at work, he said, in the morning. And that man come back in with that little girl. And he saw him come in the store and he was talking to a cashier. Where's the manager? The manager came and he began to explain talked to the manager and the man said oh, oh I just lost my job and all of a sudden the manager looked at the man and he pointed to where this guy was that was going to the church he said there he is over there he thought oh lord I'm going to get a tongue lashing the man walked up to him had the little girl he said I just want you to know I was a man that was in here yesterday and you laid hands on my little granddaughter I want you to know I want you to look her back is completely healed. Every boil, every scar is gone. You think that man ever had any more problems when God told him to go lay hands on somebody anymore? No, because when you hear from God, you hear from God. Amen? What is going on? We need to quit correcting people that may be in doubt and show them how to get the job done. Somebody say amen. And that's why Jesus met Thomas on the road of doubt, removed him from the road of doubt, put him on the road of faith, because doubt draws us back to Christ. Somebody say amen. Doubt has the ability to draw us back to God when we get fed up with the, what's being told and said around us in a doubtful crowd that we live in. It was seeing the nail scars in his hands that touched us. It's because of us. And it causes us to walk away from the arena of doubt and break the chains of death and fear. How many want to see some chains broken off of you? Death and fear. Number four, doubt will deepen your faith. When doubt attacks you, it can cause you to give up, fold up, cry out, or it can deepen your faith. Amen? Remember, look at verse 27 of John's gospel. Remember verse 27 again. Chapter 20, verse 27. When Jesus said to Thomas, there it goes again. I keep coming to the same scripture because many of you may not know this, but this is where you live today. This is where I live sometimes. And I fall into this arena of isolation and I feel like I'm the only good guy around. And he says to Thomas, reach your finger here. Don't believe me? 
Look at my hands. Don't believe me? Reach your hand here. Don't believe me? Come on. I think of the little boy that, the, the, the young boy that was in school, and he kept complaining about a test that he was going to take. He said, Dad, he said, Dad, please. He says, I can't go back to school. I'm afraid that that math test that I'm going to take, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to fail that math test. It is so hard. I don't understand it. I'm afraid I'm going to fail that test. And the father said, quit being so negative. Quit saying I'm afraid. I'm going to, I'm going to fail. Quit talking positive. Be positive about life. Say positive things. He said, okay, dad, I'm positive I'm going to fail that test. Sometimes you have to change your vocabulary. Sometimes you have to change the environment that you're in. He says, reach your fingers, touch. Stop being so unbelieving, Jesus told Thomas. It's time to, for us to deepen our faith. Don't let your eyes play tricks on you. And Jesus asked him, why are you so troubled? Why are you so troubled when this book tells you the just shall live by? We shall live by faith. Amen. We shall live by faith. And not be afraid. Say, and not be afraid. I told somebody uh, the story that I, I think I've told here maybe I may have told it a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, but I told the story about the three little uh, ladies that were just troubled. They were so troubled. They were, they were a nervous wreck. They were all in their mid-70s and pushing into the early 80s, and they were driving in, down the road, and, and a policeman, a highway patrolman, pulled them over and told the ladies, uh, ladies pulled over, and uh, the lady said, what did you pull me over for? She was in her mid-70s. I said, well, you were going 35 miles an hour. This is a 65-mile speed limit. She was on a highway, interstate. Oh, it said 35. No, ma'am, that's interstate 35. Oh, I am so sorry. And the officer looking around the car, he saw her passenger, another elderly lady, saw two in the back, and they were like shaking. He said, can you, can you tell me what's, what's wrong? What's wrong with your friends here? He said, oh, we just got off of Highway 95. I'm telling you, my friend, we cannot be afraid. We have to learn to bury our doubts and throw them in the sea of forgetfulness. Doubt deepens our faith. Don't let your eyes play tricks on you. And finally, number five, doubt defines our faith sometimes doubt has the ability to bring definition to our faith amen here's where Thomas is given his first class 101 entry on faith and Thomas in verse 28 of John's gospel chapter verse uh, verse 28 of John's gospel chapter 20 verse 28 he gets his first class, 101, on faith, and Thomas answers the Lord after the Lord makes it clear on who Jesus is, and Thomas says to him, my Lord and my God. What happened? He got it. 
Everybody say, he got it. Look at your neighbor and say, Elmo, it's time for you to get it. Amen? It's time for us to get it. So Thomas turns around and he says, Lord and my God. He called him my Lord and my God. He gets it. Now he gets it. It is difficult to read this passage without feeling powerful emotions which became a turning point for Thomas and it could become a turning point for you and for me. It's time for us to discover how you and I can disarm this spirit of doubt that permeates and saturates our nation that we cannot be a better people. So I will close with this. How can I disarm my doubts? I'm so glad you asked me that. How can I disarm my doubts? How can I do that? Number one, say articulate your doubts clearly. Confess what your doubts are to Jesus. He is not going to punish you. He's going to say to you, hey, Elmo, straighten up. Amen? Let's go back to school. Amen? Articulate your doubts clearly. Say, Lord, I have to apologize. Lord, Mom, could you mean me apologize? Lord, I've been through, uh, I've been through uh, Bible college. Uh, I, I went and got a degree in Bible college. I went to three years in one college and one year in another college and uh, Bible school. And, and Lord, I just still have doubts. You think God's going to throw me away from the, kick me out of the ministry for that? No, he's not going to do that. He's going to teach me how to get across this. I'd say articulate what your doubts are clearly. Be honest with him about it. Do that. Even do that with your spouse. Say, I, I don't know that I get that. Okay, number two, say analyze the evidence. Analyze the evidence diligently and say, What's here that I'm not seeing? What is here that I'm not seeing? So begin to analyze the word and look at it. Thirdly, acknowledge your doubts prayerfully. Say, Lord, I, I don't know how come that person has, doesn't have a problem believing in that area, but I have a difficult believing. Some people have a difficult time believing for provision. Some have trouble believing for money. Some people have problems believing for healing. And some people, they, they, they can pray money in and it comes and they're loaded. Amen? And, uh, and then some that, that have a difficult time praying for healing for themselves, but pray for the people and they get healed. Acknowledge your doubts prayerfully and say, Lord, strengthen the areas of my life that I'm having such a difficult time in. Are you saying, is this helping you? Articulate, analyze, acknowledge, and then number four, accept that in this earth there are limitations, but in this book there are none. Say amen if you believe that. In this earth there, there are limitations, but in this book there are no limitations. Because Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which make me strong. Look at your neighbor say, I'm strong. I met Mr. Miyagi. Say, I am strong. 
because I know there's no limitation. Remember what he told Daniel's son? He said, Daniel's son, crane technique, if done rightly, cannot fail. Amen? God says, your technique to get your healing, to get your prosperity, to get what you need, if done right, if you analyze it right, if you apply it right, then no limitations. And do it humbly. Amen? Do it humbly. Number five, limitations are everywhere. They're everywhere to hold us back from where God wants us to be, and we have to refuse to walk in the arena of limitations. Say amen if you believe that. And then, number six, adjust. We have to learn to adjust to the complexity of the universe that we are in today and stay in faith and stay in victory. Say amen if you believe that. That's enough to make a Baptist shout right there. Come on. We must learn to stay in faith in the complexity of this universe that we are in. And finally, I want you to understand that the way you think, let me try this one. I don't want you to take personal issue. And the way I think and the way you think is not the way God thinks. Isaiah 55. Verse 8 and 9. Isaiah 55. Verse 8 and 9. Here it goes. Let's read it together. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than Amen. And my thoughts, say my thoughts, higher than your thoughts. So, what that tells me is what Paul the Apostle taught us, the churches of, at Ephesus, the church at Thessalonica, the Galatian Christians at Galatia, when, he's, when, he, when, he, when he told them that we have to have the mind of Christ. Remember what he said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And I believe in the book of Colossians, I can't think of the scripture, but in Colossians around the second or third chapter of the book of Colossians, he said that Jesus openly spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly because he saw himself he saw himself as a conqueror when I was around 13 years old 14 years old I would listen to one of the biggest Spanish recording artists in the islands of Puerto Rico the Caribbean islands his name was Felipe Rodriguez can you say it like that I didn't hear no rolling R. Say, Felipe. That's easy. Now try this. Say, Rodriguez. Any of you getting stuff on your blouse or shirts or anything? <laughs> Felipe Rodriguez. He was a very popular singer. Matter of fact, he dated my aunt that she's on Facebook and always making comment. Her name is Ines Falto Torres. And, uh, and I, they had a desire to 
I just began to have a desire. I had two things going in my mind when I was a young boy. To be a singer or a doctor. And neither one became, neither one came to pass. <laughs> became a preacher. <laughs> okay. And, uh, but I, I love helping people. So actually, I am a doctor in all reality. A doctor of helping people. And I sing good news to people in my songs. I even sing love songs. That takes me about five minutes to get them on the tape. Now when you have Edwin, he can do it in seconds. Matter of fact, I went and bought me an iPad to get it done right from now on. He is going to heal the iPad for me. So could... My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, but they're higher than your ways. If you have doubt of where God is bringing you to, leave the road of doubt and leave the road of isolation. Leave the road of confusion. Put your past behind you the past mistakes that you may have made in your life with a relative, with a loved one, with an ex had an ex in your life that was not good to you can I give you a little bit of advice let God break the hex from your ex amen let God bring you the healing that you need and quit walking in doubt that you've made a mistake and you will make another mistake you'll make mistakes as long as you live, amen but what do we do with mistakes? We put them under the blood. Under the blood of Jesus. Say amen if you believe that. Thank you, Father, for this word that you've given us today. Thank you for the precious Holy Spirit that comes to touch every single one of us. Name by name in this room. Person by person bringing health, hope, and healing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the mighty Holy Spirit. And if you are living a life of doubt and you're watching us and you need some faith to eliminate, to dispel your doubts and want to make peace with God, Cast all your doubts on the Lord. Right where you're watching, say this with me. Say, dear God in heaven, remove doubt from me right now. Say it out loud. Say, remove doubt from me right now. Help me. They get past that bridge. Help me to move forward with my future. No matter what I go through. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord of glory. Will y'all just kind of, uh, Miss Lydia, where are you? Oh, all right. So we want you, we want to take a few moments if you'll just kind of stay with us.